Welcome to the Moo Church Podcast. Why do values matter? In a goal-based world, we often forsake the significance of our values. The truth is, our values are the roadmaps that lead us into the unknown. If you're looking to grow, build a better future, and find strength for your present day, start with your values. Today, Pastor Rich Wilkerson Jr. kicks off a new collection of talks. This is VU. We're exploring what it looks like to live a life rooted in God's values. Today's message is called, Live Your Values. We hope you're blessed by this ministry. If you would like to help spread the message, consider giving by clicking the link in the podcast description or visiting vootchurch.com slash give. Remember, what you value determines what you do. Let's lean into the message together. Today we are kicking off a brand new collection of talks entitled, This is Vu. Uh, maybe another way to say it is, this is us. And uh, for the next eight weeks, which is gonna lead us right up to Vu Conference, uh, we're gonna be leaning into the values of this house. Um, why we built this church, how we built this church. It has uh, been a short journey, but God has done a whole lot in the six years we have been gathering as a community. And uh, what we've noticed is that there's so many of you that are new to our community. And I wanna do my job if the best I can to make sure you understand why we started this place, how we wanna continue to move forward. And so uh, this is gonna take us right up to VU Conference and believing it's gonna, it's really gonna speak to you. You're gonna be hearing from other people on our team throughout this collection. And uh, it really is a collection that's made and built and designed for the people who love VU, who are a part of VU, believing that your friends will be inspired by it. But it's really for people that are going, I wanna lean in and uh, go the next step on this journey of helping be a part of the mission of this church. And today I wanna take a few moments. I wanna preach from the subject, live your values, live your values. And can we put our hands together and thank God for this incredible worship team. You guys are amazing. Thank you, Alejandro. Thank you, bro. You did great today. You did awesome. First time serving today? This is first time serving today at Voo Church right here. This guy. Watch this. I also want to thank our sound engineer, Alan Ash, who just crushed it today right here. <laughs> I was joking the other day, like in church life, sound men or women um, only get shouted out when something's bad. I think we ought to just, every once in a while go, man, that was almost perfect sound today. And uh, we appreciate the team to do an incredible job. Um, we are, as our team was maybe mentioning, uh, in what we call an off month at VU Church. Um, if you've been around VU for a little bit, we try to be organized. We try to operate with the spirit of excellence. And so the way our calendar works is that we go three months on, one month off. And so we are in the month of April, and it means it's our off month, which is really supposed to be a season of rest for us, where our small groups, VU crews, they take a break. Um, a lot of our midweek activity takes a break. And we as a team, we come together, we evaluate, we reflect, and we cast vision for where it is that we're going. And it's really amazing because if you've been a part of VU for a little bit of time, you know that this is a busy place. <laughs> There's lots of things going on. Last weekend was Easter, and I think it was our best Easter ever. I'm proud to report 124 people gave their life to Jesus last weekend. I think you gotta make a little bit more noise than that. But thousands and thousands of people gathered last Sunday, but it wasn't just Sunday, it was thousands and thousands of people on Saturday, then Good Friday was remarkable, but it wasn't just 
Easter. It was before that we released a brand new book from our house called Single and Secure, and it was an eight-week study. And it wasn't just Single and Secure. Before that, there was this thing called Voo Girl that gathered thousands and thousands of people. It wasn't just that. We also recorded a live album. And it, and it, and it wasn't... It wasn't just that. We, we, we launched a, a collection of talks entitled Mindsets, and we were talking to people. And it wasn't just that. We did 21 days of prayer and fasting, and it wasn't just that. Vu High set some great records, and it wasn't just that. I mean, we could just go on and on and on. In just a three-month period, there has been a lot of what I would call Christian activity. <laughs> but what I have learned is that if we get so caught up doing church that we forget to be the church. We get so caught up doing church that we forget to to be the church, and a part of this collection is to help us reset and be reminded about who we are. The doing comes from the being. And you gotta understand at the very heart of what is the church, not what is the church. Let's go a little bit, a step back before that. What is the church? If you were to look up the word church in the dictionary, what you would find is you would find uh, a building that is designed for public worship. And no doubt that that is a version of a definition, but that is a shallow definition. That is not the entire definition. Church is not about a place. Church, according to God's word, is about a people. It's not about where, it's about who. It's about you and me, that we are the church. We live in a world right now that if we're not careful, we become human doings instead of human beings. You weren't just designed to do stuff. You first have to be who God's called you to be. And it's the same thing with the church. Yes, this is a place. And yes, it is a public worship service, but it's deeper. The, the Greek word um, where church all of a sudden kind of begins from is this word called ecclesia. And it's just important that those of you that are coming on the journey that you, you, you know some of the biblical foundation of what it is that we're doing week in and week out. This wasn't my idea. This was God's idea. And an ecclesia, by definition, is, is the gathering, but not just a gathering. It's the gathering or the assembly of people under the name, the banner of Jesus. Right. And when you really start to define the church, the church or the ecclesia is the community of all true believers for all time. Yeah. So I'm talking about the capital C church. I know a lot of us in this room, maybe Voo Church is the first church you've ever been a part of. That's lowercase c, it's Voo Church. And we've got our distinctives and we've got our competencies and we've got our things that we do. But all of us that are a part of Voo Church are also a part of the capital C Church. We join a fraternity and a sorority of men and women who have gone thousands of years before us. And unless Jesus returns, we'll continue to move forward despite what laws get made, despite what type of persecution, despite what challenges we face, the church of Jesus Christ is not going anywhere. And we join with all true believers for all time and we are the church. You say, well, what is the purpose of this thing? Why did, why did God design this gathering? Why is it that he has people come together? Well, there's a clear purpose, according to God's word, before we get to even Vu, the, the lowercase c, the capital C, it's a threefold purpose of what the church, the ecclesia is supposed to be about. The first thing is about ministry to God. So today, just, I know some of us in this room, we're still learning this, but like, we came to worship God. I know the song made you feel something, but the song wasn't really designed for you. The song is actually a, actually a declaration 
to magnify the one true God. We came to minister to God. We came to worship today. See, at some point when you learn this definition, all of a sudden you start to create a practice in your life that when you wake up and the kids are sick, you're going, hmm, I know my kids are sick, but I'm really committed to this practice called ministering to God. He has been faithful to me. I wanna show up and worship God today. Or maybe you wake up and it's raining outside. You're like, oh, I, don't, I know it's gonna be a hole. It's gonna get wet. I know in Miami, we should be used to rain, but we're still not used to rain. But you go, I don't care what the weather is. Nothing is gonna stop me from showing up and serving and worshiping God. Come on, any believers out there believe that? The purpose of the gathering, first and foremost, is to magnify, it's to worship, it's to minister to God. It's not just ministry to God, it's ministry to believers. This, this, is, this is a space that believers are to be nurtured. Believers, here's the biblical word, are to be discipled. Maybe an easier word for you to digest if you're new to gathering with us is that we would become apprentices of Jesus. That we would be with Jesus, that we would do what Jesus did that we would learn the way of Jesus. And it needs to be done in an environment that's nurturing, that's developing, that believers can grow and they can expand and they can become more like Jesus. And so we teach and we take time and we look at different topics and we look at different books of the Bible and discover truth through God's word. But, but the third purpose for the church, capital C Church, is ministry to the world, which would be evangelism which is we're not just supposed to exist for you and me, we're actually supposed to think beyond ourselves. And here in South Miami or there in the city, we ought to look at the neighborhoods around us and say, how can we reach the people that are not in the four walls? Because the four walls is not the church, the church is you and me. So when I go to my office cubicle, I'm going, I'm the church. When I go to my corporate desk, I'm the church. When I go to my school, I'm the church. Wherever I go, I am the church. And all throughout God's word, there's, there's different metaphors. God will use metaphors many times when he wants to describe something. And you'll see the metaphor of the church being the building, um, that we're living stones. And so it's not about constructing a, a real building or a real steeple. It's about people laying their lives down. Uh, one of his favorite metaphors is uh, the bride, that the church is supposed to be in close proximity and intimate with God, the Father and Jesus, the groom. And so we're his bride, we're protected, we're cared for. But the most common metaphor that you will see used over and over again throughout the scriptures is the church is called the body of Christ. The body. I wonder why does he call us the body? I think it's because a body is constantly being formed and a body is constantly developing. How many of y'all know that we are all becoming someone or something. The question is, who are you becoming? Who are you becoming? When we look at Vu, who is Vu becoming? I know where we started six years ago, and it's been a beautiful journey, but if you've been around this church, you've heard me say from day one, I am more committed to the future than I am to the past. Why? Because I am going on a journey of forming, of being perfected, of becoming more and more like Jesus. And our church, which is not just these buildings that we've purchased, it's the people that fill the rows. Who are we becoming? So he talks about us as a body because he wants us to see that we are developing, that we're growing, and that we're changing. 
And Paul writes in Ephesians chapter four, I think this is really, really helpful. He speaks to us and he says, all right, you the church, this is the church in Ephesus. He reminds the church, he says, as a prisoner for the Lord then, I urge you, and he's urging you and I, to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Now it's important that as you read this and as you interpret this, he's not saying live a life worthy of salvation because guess what, you can't do that. We are saved by grace, anyone thankful for that? (laughs) It's not your works, it's not your merit, it's not your pedigree, it's not what your mama believed. It's, it's a free gift, but he's beyond salvation now, and now he's talking about purpose. He's talking about mission. He's talking about calling. He says, those of you who've received grace, I want you to live a life worthy of the calling. I take it as a, as a beautiful challenge. Hey, Vu, you have been given so much. You have so many incredible gifts in your body. You have resources in your body. I have been faithful. I have provided buildings and I have provided the right people. And I want all of you to consider deeply all that I've done for you and that I have a calling for you as a community. Would you live a life worthy of that calling? Be completely humble and gentle. Be patient, bearing with one another in love. This is his instructions for you and I of how we should continue to form spiritually. These are the words he uses. He says, make every effort. Someone say every effort. Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So you and I, we must fight to stay united as the body. You and I, we must fight for peace in this house. We must fight for reconciliation. We must fight for forgiveness. We must love one another. Gotta be patient with one another. Gotta be humble towards each other. He says, you're the body, you're being formed and you are my church. And look at, he's gonna show us now, I'm gonna skip down to verse 11. He's created a structure. God's word creates a structure of how we will accomplish this. This is what he says, verse 11. So Christ himself gave the apostles, apostles, when you see this, we're coming up with what we call the five-fold ministry plan. And this is the structure that the Bible gives for the body, for the ecclesia of how it should run and operate. Apostles traditionally were men who created multiple churches, who oversaw churches, the apostle Paul, of course. So he gives some to be apostles, then prophets. When you read the word prophets, especially in the New Testament, you shouldn't just simply read that as someone who predicts the future, but rather you should see that word and go, that is a form or a function of a prophet, but many times what a prophet is, especially today, is someone who speaks right to the now, who makes it crystal clear, who speaks towards the now word of God, of what needs to happen culturally, what needs to happen in a form of relevance for how we contextualize God's word to the hour that we are in. So he gives us prophets. Then he gives us evangelists. What are evangelists? These are men and women that God has given this gift of evangelism, that they have an ability to almost be a woo-type personality or to speak with conviction and truth that when the lost hear it, they are convicted, not condemned, they are convicted and they turn towards Jesus. So he gives us evangelists and then watch this. Here's where I come. Then he gives us pastors and teachers. Pastors and teachers. Pastors, another word would be shepherds, people that come alongside and guide. And then teachers, today's a very teachy word, so I'm hoping that you're gonna stay with me. He gives us teachers to equip his people for works of service. That's a key line that we see if you're coming on the journey for the next eight weeks. He gives us pastors and teachers for what? 
to entertain God's people, to just simply inspire God's people, to be on 24-hour call for God's people, <laughs> to be involved with every freaking church affair that there is. Some of y'all had that pastor. <laughs> That's not why he gave us pastors and teachers. There's a key phrase there. He tells us why he gives us this leadership structure. Here's the word, to equip his people for works of service. To equip his people for works of service. Today is growth track step four. Growth track is the front door to Vu Church. Every Sunday I get up here and I mention the growth track. Step one, step two, step three, step four. And maybe you're like, why does this dude always take time to mention the growth track? It's not because I have a great strategy. It's not because we have great branding at VU. It is because it is a biblical mandate from God that if I am to lead the ecclesia, my job is not to simply make you feel emotions about God. My job is to equip you. Equip you for what? Equip you for acts of service that every person in the body ought to be carrying weight and playing a part some way, somehow. That all of us, we have a part to play. And the job of the leaders of the house is to equip men and women for service and for ministry. It's important you see that because um, our church is growing. Our church is much larger than when it started at the apartment. And um, I want to know everyone in this room, but I don't get to know everyone in this room. And if you're looking for a church where the pastor knows everyone in the room, it's probably not gonna be the right house for you but if you can go on the journey with us and go, this is VU, I understand what it is that we're trying to do, which we're gonna to get to in a moment, you can begin to understand the functions of what we're operating in. So, so why does he give us this structure? Why does he give us these leaders? Let's, let's look at verse 12, we'll continue. So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith. This body being built up. I was in the gym this morning, pray for me, I really want abs before July. I got a lot of work to do. Um, it's the same with our church. I mean, does our church have abs? I don't know. <laughs> but we're being built up. It's a process that we may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become, here's the key word, mature. Everyone say mature. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves. You've seen this, right? People who are... Hot one minute, cold the next. On fire for Jesus, and then a storm comes and goes, I guess the fire got burned out. It's not that God changed, it's that you changed. It's that you haven't developed a firm foundation. It's that you haven't become mature in the Lord, and therefore every storm, every crisis, it moves you back and forth. That's why you've gone to four jobs in four years. It's not because the jobs were bad, it's because you haven't developed a clear conviction and a purpose of what it is you're supposed to be doing. And so every time there's an obstacle, it's like, I think this is not God's will. Obstacles are not a sign that God has left the premises. Many times resistance is a clear indication you are headed in the right direction. It's called a headwind. Ain't nobody else going that way. Blown here and there by every wind of teaching, by the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheme. Hold it right there, hold it right there. I, just want, I want to see this. This happens all over, especially in America. We're gonna talk about this in a moment. All sorts of new teaching, all sorts of 
new styles, all sorts of new preferences. You know, I've been in church my whole life. I have seen all sorts of stuff come through. (laughs) This is a house which we'll discover next week that we have one clear message. (laughs) The clear message is Jesus. And I don't care where you go, if YouTube's gonna be your pastor, you're gonna find some stuff out there. But 2,000 years ago, and even now today in 2022, there's all sorts of things that come in that maneuver us, and there's scheming, and it gets us off course of just the clear, simple gospel. Go to the next slide for me. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to, here's the word, become. Everyone say become. In every respect, the mature body of him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body joined and held together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in the love as each part does its, as each part does its, as each part does its, as each part does its work. Whoa, that's where we gotta stop for a moment. If we're gonna be the body of Christ, we must understand, if we're gonna be the true ecclesia, if we're gonna join the capital C church, we must recognize that there is work to do that there's an assignment. However, in order for us to sustain the work, it must always flow from a place of identity and value. We started this church six years ago officially, but it really began even before that, almost seven years ago. Um, For close to eight years, my wife and I, we worked in North Miami at uh, Trinity Church in Miami Gardens. Phenomenal church, phenomenal people. Some of the greatest years of my life getting to serve in the young adult ministry there. And it was really there that I began preaching and teaching and kind of cutting my teeth in leadership. But um, after almost seven years of just serving under there, uh, something started to stir in our heart that God was, God was speaking to us, that we were called to, to step out and, and to build a brand new church for broken people, for hurting people. And I can't remember which family I spoke to first, but I think it was either the Del Ventos or the Berries. But uh, Nick and Jerry Del Vento, Luke and Francesca Berry, many of you know them, pastors in our community. But those were the very first two couples that we ever spoke with, by the way. Both couples still on board today, serving faithfully, continue to sacrifice, still helping move the mission forward. And back then, it's the same heart today. We knew there was work to do. And you say, Rich, what was the work to do? Well, we had this mission. And I don't know, I don't think we created, I don't think we coined it, but it was the mission, still is the mission. Important that you know the mission. The mission always was to bring people who are far from God, close to God. That we were saying, we think God is forming this community some seven years ago because we believe that we wanna develop and design a church that helps the outsider feel welcomed, that helps the person who has questions, concerns, doubts, fears, the person who maybe has a bad narrative of church, the person who's been hurt by church, the person who is not all the way religious, the person whose life is not all the way pretty. We said, what would happen if we could inspire and equip people to go and build a church that would say, let's exist for those people? And the mission, some six and a half years later, is still that. And I'm saying that to you today because it's important that as we start talking about this is VU, this is us, we are building a community that is always thinking about the outsider. 
Well, how do you bring people who are far from God close to God? There's only one name. The name is Jesus. He is the bridge. And so the message of Jesus, which we'll talk about next week, is what is offered up. And the approach is Jesus' approach. What is it? Grace and truth. Yet the order matters. The order matters because the order sets the tone. The order shows up in the nuances. The order shows up in the environment. It's not truth, then grace. Some of y'all know these people. We need more truth. I agree. But ain't nobody listening to you because you're so mean. Ain't nobody listening to you because you got all the right answers. And the rest of us are just idiots, apparently. Truth, 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 truth. Truth is amazing. But if people can't hear truth, see truth, feel truth, doesn't always have the impact we're looking for. So the environments we want to create are ones full of grace. The space that we want to create is one full of grace. Do we get this right always? By no means. By no means. The grace that we are hoping to extend is hopefully the grace that's extended back to us. We want to create an environment that's full of grace and truth. But in order for that mission, that work to be sustained, it has to come back to this identity. We can't just focus on the doing. We have to stop, we have to pause, and we have to focus on the being. It has to overflow out of who we actually really are, which is why we built and started and have continued to rely upon these word called values. And for the seven weeks following, we're gonna specifically speak about each one and try to give our heart and our approach as to how these things show up in Davu Church. But what are values? I think we should just start with there for a moment because I think values, it's good that you get a definition of them. If you're taking notes, they write this down. Personal values are a mixture of beliefs, convictions, and desires that motivate people's actions and serve as guiding principles in their lives. So, um, What values become is values become a compass. They become a map. In a changing world, it becomes a changeless core. It's aspirational. It's the things that I say that I want to be about. It's helping lead the way. We've always built this house, hopefully you can experience this, by design, not default. I love the great quote by Lewis Carroll who wrote Alice in Wonderland. He said it this way. He said, if you don't know where you are going, any road will get you there. And I just wonder many times, how many people are on a spiritual journey and they use these words, I'm on a spiritual journey, and that really just means I'm just doing ballet all over the world and I'm spinning into new circumstances and into new places. Our church is not just spinning, okay? We don't know exactly where it is that we're going, but we know one thing, we're not staying here, we're becoming, we're growing, we're developing, we are the body, we are the ecclesia, and we know we have a mission, which is to help lost people find Jesus. So we rally around that and we have directions through our values. You say, well, how do I even figure out my own values? Because once again, this collection is gonna be very corporate, but it's also got lots of individual work that you would do on your own. Because you're gonna learn about our church values and my prayer is that our church values would become your personal values. Especially if you don't have any personal values that you've written out right now, you ought to just I like the ones my church got. I'm, I'm making those my values. That's gonna be my direction. But if you're on the journey of going, how do I, how do I discover my values? How many of you know, you can say you value something, but um, your behavior might be in disagreement of what you claim to value. <laughs> so let me just tell you, you can find out really quickly how you, what you value. A.W. Tozer, 
who was a great theologian. Um, he had these seven rules of self-discovery. Some of you remember we did a collection a couple of years ago on them, but let me just read them to you really quick because this will just help some of us. This is just homework. Uh, seven rules for self-discovery. Number one, what we want the most. What do you want the most right now today? That's gonna show you the value. Um, what we think about the most. Where your thoughts go, your, your life tends to follow. Uh, the company we enjoy, or I should say how we use our money. <laughs> Can we read, bring me the next one? What we do with our leisure time, there it is, the company we enjoy, number six, who and what we admire, and number seven, watch this, what we laugh at. These are good things to jot down because this is not gonna make us, what if we just pass the mic there, like, what do you laugh at? You're like, I don't wanna say, you know? <laughs> but it's an indicator of what's going on in the interior life. You might not like all of the answers you come up with. That's the whole point of the exercise. I'm not happy with what I apparently value. I wanna make sure I start to value what God values. It's interesting because um, so often you say, why do values matter? It's really, really simple. Because what you value determines what you do. So many people get focused on the doing, human doings, but you gotta get focused on the being, what it is that I value. We don't have a goal mindset at Voo Church. We have a value mindset. Hopefully you understand the difference. Like a goal is like, I, you know, a value is I, I value being responsible. A goal is I wanna own my own house. Cool. Goals have expiration dates. They come, they go, they're over. Values stay and remain. How many of y'all know? Maybe if you live a responsible financial life, you'll end up owning a house. So it's, it's the value first. What I value determines what I do. And you can watch what people do and you can go, I know what you value. The other day, I won't tell you where it was, but I went into a local bookstore, <clears throat> shout out, and um, hey, do you guys have a Bible? No, we don't carry Bibles. How many of y'all know you really gotta have a problem with God? If you are a bookstore and you don't wanna carry the number one of all time, best-selling book. <laughs> like, Cause even when I asked, I could be like, this isn't a good question, you know? Like, you got any Bibles? We don't do that, we don't carry those here. I'm like, so I know that they, <laughs> they value a narrative, a message over their profit, but their direction is a little off for me. I mean, how, you really don't like God <laughs> that you won't even take a profit in your store and you sell books. But, but it's an indicator of what, what, what they value. No, we don't, we don't wanna spread that. We don't wanna share that. We don't value that. Therefore, we won't carry that. What you do is an indication of what you value. And for all of us in this space, as a church, we could do every Vision Sunday and every Vision Sunday from here on out, if we would just get up here and if we would have our anthem be the title of this message, live your values, I promise you we would see goal after goal, work after work be accomplished because we would be adhering to the things that we claim to value. And I think on this Sunday, it's important that as we begin this collection, this is VU, and we go, what is it we value? How about we just start with, what does God value? Because this is, this, is, this, is, this is one of these kind of scriptures that'll mess you up. This is Luke chapter 16. A lot of Bible verses I'm giving you today, but it's, it's helpful. Um, Jesus is talking to the Pharisees and he's talking about money and they're all like into money at the moment. And he's like, he's rebuking them. And this is what he says. He says, you are the ones who justify yourselves in the eyes of men, 
but God knows your hearts. What is highly valued among men is detestable in God's sight. So right off the bat, from the very lips of Jesus, he's making it very clear that what humanity tends to value is the opposite of what God values. I don't wanna be a person who's spending my time valuing something that God would say, that's worthless. You got your eyes set on the wrong thing. That's not what this is about. Look at what he says in Psalm 147. He says, he delights, his delight is not in the strength of the horse, nor is pleasure in the legs of a man, but the Lord takes pleasure in those who fear him, in those who hope in his steadfast love. He's trying to give you an indication here that he's not looking simply at the outside appearance, but he's looking at something deeper, someone who trusts in God. Look at what 2 Chronicles chapter 16 says. For the eyes of the Lord run to and fro throughout the whole earth to give strong support to those whose heart is blameless toward him. He's looking for a heart. He's looking for an interior. He's looking for a person who's surrendered. First Samuel chapter two, verse 30. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be, shall be lightly esteemed. Meaning, if you honor God, he says, I'm gonna honor you. But if you reject me and if you neglect me, let me what? I'm not gonna hold you in high esteem. I'm not gonna open up certain doors. I'm not gonna use you for my purpose. Look at what it says in 1 Corinthians. This is a great one. But God chose... What is foolish? I'm gonna put my hand up for that. God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. Why? Because God chose what is low and despised in the world, even the things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are. So what? So that no human being, no church, no body being might boast in the presence of God. See, anything we don't turn to praise will turn to pride. And I gotta be honest with you. I'm, this is for our local congregation. I do not want a spirit of pride in this house. Like, we are not wise. We're not awesome. We haven't done that which has never been done before. We're just playing our part. And if anything, we ought to just go, I'm foolish. God, choose me. <laughs> I can't do it without you. We don't want to have a church if your spirit's not in it. We don't want to build a community if he's not at the forefront. We, we don't want this to be about us. We want this to be about you. First Samuel chapter 16. For the Lord sees not as man sees. Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. What does God value? A heart that wants to give him glory. What does God value in a church? A church that exists to give God glory. This is Vu. This is us. With whatever we're doing, big or small, all glory to God. We dropped 20,000 eggs from the sky for the glory of God. We filled up auditoriums with women singing praises for the glory of God. We have over 5,000 people registered for our conference this summer for the glory of God. 
we're gonna start a free to grow class in May with names that won't be on this stage, serving a group of people, probably no bigger than 12. Why? For the glory of God. We're gonna do courses on justice and race reconciliation. Why? So that we can be seen as cool in the world or on top of it. But no, 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 for the glory of God, that we would humble ourselves and we would empathize and we would learn from one another. We're gonna coach people in their marriages. Why? For the glory of God. We're gonna build buildings one day. Why? So we can just be a big, cool church? No. There's been hundreds, thousands of those. They've come, they've gone. Our church will probably come and go. Not the church, but Boo Church. I hope I could pass it off to someone one day and I hope I can do all the things that John Maxwell taught me to say, there's no such thing as success without a successor. I hope I do all that. But if I don't, I hope that every moment we gathered in community, that we did so for the glory of God, to serve, to work. The glory of God. God values a heart that wants to give him glory. And this, this goes to you, because when you get a promotion at work, it's not for your glory, it's for his glory. It's when God gives you the prayer request of your heart that you have a baby, it's, it's not for your glory, it's for his glory. When you finally get married after all that time, wondering if you'd ever get married, it's for his glory. When the good things in life happen, it's not because of your wisdom, it's not because of your planning, it's not because of how great you are, it's because he is a good and faithful God. It's for his glory. And so I know that we have a mission as a church. And for many of you on this journey, we're recruiting you. <laughs> we're inviting you into the story of Vu. Those of you watching online, like I, I never dreamed that we'd be streaming live and we'd have people from all over the world come in. I, I, that wasn't the plan back in the apartment when we were eating Olive Garden. <laughs> we just said, we want to build a place that people who are far from God can, can know that they could be close to him through the presence of Jesus. And so what was, our, what was our plan? What was our only strategy? All right, we better determine what it is that we value. Because something tells me this type of doing and this type of work that I know we're called to, if we don't get the order right, our entire church will be out of order. If we just focus on the doing, if we just focus on the numbers, if we just focus on the metrics, if we just focus on all the Christian activity, it doesn't mean that we are serving for his glory and it doesn't mean that we will be able to sustain it. So what should we do? I don't know, let's gather in the apartment and let's share what it is that we value. And that entire first year, a launch team of us, we gathered and we just talked about what we value. We value a one message, it's the message of Jesus. That's what you're gonna get here. We're just, it's Jesus. It's Jesus, he is the author, perfecter, finisher of our faith. We said, let's have a heart for all people. It doesn't mean that we agree with everyone's lifestyle doesn't mean that we don't believe in sin. We certainly believe in sin, but we love all people. Why? Because I'm a sinner. I'm not any better. I'm that guy. I'm that girl. But we've got a heart for all people. We said, you know what? It's a privilege. We could give money. We could give time. We can give talents. That's a privilege, not an obligation. What are we talking about? 
Generosity, what a privilege. Let's build a community that people are excited to give back what God's given them. How do we do that? How do we create that? How do we form it? We gotta value it first. Let's have a spirit of excellence. We're not perfect, but we're gonna take whatever God gives us and we're gonna use it for his glory and we're gonna do it and we're trying to try to get better and better and better. So we're gonna be organized. We're gonna treat servant leaders like, yo, like, like you got a mission here. We're not, yes, we're grateful you're here, but yo, you ought to be grateful to be here too because I'm giving you a mission and you get to be a part of the church and wow, let's do it with the spirit of excellence. Let's, let's lead, let's lead our community. But how do we lead? We gotta lead like Jesus. How did Jesus lead? He did throw, he, he said, I didn't come to be served, I came to serve. Oh, wow, servant leadership, that, that's, that's our practice. That's not something we do on Sundays. That's an identity that we will take on. Hey, we're called to honor. We're called to honor. We're, that's who we are. We're, we don't honor people because they deserve honor. So I don't know where you land on the political spectrum and what you think we should or shouldn't do. We're gonna honor all people to the best of our ability, not because they even deserve it, but because we decided we are honorable people. We keep our word, we're trustworthy. We're gonna do our best to be honorable in all that we do. And everything we do, we're gonna, we're gonna pursue passion. If you're gonna do it, do it with some Holy Ghost energy. I'm not the best preacher. I'm certainly not the best teacher. I love you. Um, thank you, I was very kind. What a legend. but I certainly want to do whatever it is I'm doing with passion. So if I'm showing up in a staff meeting, I get to be here and I want to be here. And if you're going to give me the privilege to give me 40 minutes of your time listening, I'm going to, I might not always get it right. And I might say some stuff I got to apologize for, I'm, but I'm going to do it, yo, with passion, bro. Like, woo, let's go. We got up early. We did cold plunge this morning, 530, because we're passionate. So if I gotta wave cars in the parking lot, woo! I'm excited to wave these cars in. If I'm checking your kids in, woo! Man, I get to check these little world changers in to Voo Kids. These are legends, bro. What's up? Like, and these seven values, starting some seven years ago, have just become the compass and the map in an ever-changing world. Hey, there's a pandemic. Well, we got a spirit of excellence. We're not gonna quit church. Hey, there's all sorts of racial tension going on and there's people that have got all these different viewpoints. You know what? We're people of honor, people of honor. Hey, there's, there's crisis in the world. All right, people are hard, let's go serve them. They've just become the compass. The world is changing, but we are the body how is he forming us? How are you developing? Who are you becoming? Getting stronger or weaker? Maybe becoming wiser or you becoming more immature? Came across a study and I close. I know I'm Pentecostal. I got a lot of closes. But Science Magazine did a, did a, did a study in 2013. The study uh, was called uh, The End of History Illusion. And it researched something like 19,000 people from the ages of 19 to 68. And it asked them pretty much two questions. How much have you changed in the past 10 years? And then how much are you gonna change 
in the next 10 years? Well, it didn't matter what the age group was. An overwhelming majority of all the people returned their answers and they all described lots of change in the past 10 years. But they had decided that there wasn't gonna be much change in the next 10 years. Meaning, there's something about this present moment that makes me feel like everything is solidified and everything is gonna be the same. We tell ourselves, wow, from 20 to 30, I learned a lot and I grew a whole lot, but you know what? I'm gonna be the same 30 year old self even when I'm 50. And it's a lie. It is a lie. Change is going to happen no matter what. We do not know what lies ahead. I do not know every step that I'm going to take. This is good news, by the way, because some of you, life's going really good. And you're like, it's never gonna change. It's gonna change. But let me just encourage those of you that are in the worst season of your life. This is awful. I'm anxious. I'm depressed. I'm worried. I've got relational turbulence. Let me tell you what, it's going to change. Here's what I know. Everyone changes, but not everyone improves. We're gonna change as a church. We're gonna become as a church. We're gonna grow as a church. There's gonna be new people this time next year. There's already new people. Every week there's new people showing up. Well, how on earth do I step into an ever-changing world committed to improving? I must have values. I must determine I'm gonna live out my values every single day. And as a church, that's who VU is. We're not goal-oriented, we're value-driven. And we're gonna live and operate from seven values. And we're believing as the world changes, we're gonna change with it. But man, we're gonna be committed to something. We're gonna have a map and a compass that will guide us all the way home. Do you believe it today? Come on, if you believe it, come on, put your hands together. Thank you for listening to today's message. At VU, we believe we weren't meant to do life alone. We've been created with a unique purpose and designed to live in relationship with Jesus. If you've never surrendered your life to Him, we want to create an opportunity for you to do so today. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you pray this with me? Dear Jesus, come into my life. Be the Lord of my life. I trust you with my past. I ask that you guide me in my present. And I even place my future in your hands. I'm yours, Lord, now and forever. In Jesus' name, amen. If you made the decision to follow Jesus today, we want to partner with you in the next steps of your faith journey. Go to voochurch.com slash online. We love you.